Welcome to Lead with Confidence, the podcast where we will explore the journeys of leaders who inspire, empower, and believe in others. Join me to discover your self-confidence in love, life, and leadership. I'm Desiree Petrick, owner of Intentional Action, motivational speaker, and executive coach, and I can't wait to join your journey to learn what it means to lead with confidence. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Lead with Confidence. This episode is fun. I'm kind of thinking of it like the three things, the three things that are tearing you down, impeding your progress, the three things that we say to ourselves that really don't allow us to push forward in the way that we hope to, the way that we could if we could overcome those mindsets and really reframe ourselves into looking to see what it would do to build our confidence instead of continuously breaking it down. So later in the episode, I'm going to have my friend Ryan on the episode. He's going to talk about authentic leadership. I hope you're not getting sick of hearing that topic yet because it's so important and it's going to continue to come up. But he also talks about imposter syndrome and the three steps to building confidence, which are probably pretty similar to the things that I would tell you if I were telling you to build confidence. So Later in the episode, he's going to explain those three things. But as I was thinking, we never have to build confidence completely from scratch. At least I hope we don't have to. There is always a little bit of that understanding that you are good at things. You are a good parent. You're a good worker. You're a kind human. You are there for people. You want to add value to people. So I'm hoping that you have enough confidence that there's something to build off of. But for the individuals who maybe feel like they are starting from scratch or they're maybe starting further down than they want to be, there's three things that I want you to think about. Three phrases, or as John Acuff would call them, soundtracks, the things that we repeat to ourselves that are or are not helpful. We get to change the way that we're speaking to ourselves if we don't like what we're hearing. So here are Three thoughts that might be impeding your process of self-growth, self-discovery, of truly finding your confidence, your passion, um, the thing that you want to do with your life. And the first one is actually based on the conversation that I have with Ryan. He quoted someone who said, you can't lead a Calvary if you feel like you look funny on the horse. In other words, you can't do anything confidently. You won't do anything full out with the excitement and the passion and the drive and the discipline that you need to if you feel like other people are looking at you in any shape, in any way outside of someone to be inspired by and someone to follow, someone to be influenced by in a good way, in that I am a leader type of way. So if you feel like you look funny, you don't feel like you are meant to be in the place that you're in. Ryan gives some really good advice of how you can overcome that, but ultimately it comes down to saying, I am here. I'm here for a reason. I don't care what other people think, mostly because most people are not actually looking at you as much as you think they are. We are ourselves biggest critic and sometimes our worst critic, and we need to be able to overcome and reframe those thoughts. So instead of thinking, I look funny. You can say, and this is always what I tell my four-year-old, you are a beginner. You are new. You get to try these things. You get to try them and see if you like them. You get to continue to learn and grow as you're trying them, as opposed to thinking that you could get up 
on this imaginary horse that we're talking about and immediately feel comfortable and confident and strong and all of the things. So how can you reframe this, I look funny, into saying, I look like I'm trying really freaking hard. If people look at me, they're not going to see someone who's uncomfortable. They're not going to see someone who's not meant to be in this position. They're going to look and see someone who's trying really hard to be everything that they can be in this moment. So how can you reframe that? How can, as opposed to this thought being something that impedes your progress and further deteriorizes your confidence in yourself, how can you make it into something that's going to help you grow in your confidence? The next is... I'm scared. The next thing, the next thought that can impede our progress is I'm scared. But the opposite of courage is not necessarily fear. The opposite of courage is an unwillingness and an inability to try. It's an unwillingness to say this scares me, but I'm going to do it anyway. So if you are feeling like you don't know if you're going to succeed. You don't know what it would look like to fail. You don't understand the consequences, good or bad, that could happen, whether you succeed or fail. Because remember, consequences aren't always a negative. Consequences can also be a positive consequence to what it is that you're doing. We often look at that word in a negative light. But what if you even reframe the way that certain words have a definition for you? So how can you say, I'm not scared. Again, I'm new. I'm trying. I'm putting in the effort. I'm trying new things. I'm figuring out what I like. I'm figuring out what I don't like. How can you say, I am scared and I'm still going to do everything that I can in order to, to try and succeed? I'm scared, but I have all of the people in my corner that I need in order to, to lift me up and to encourage me. I'm scared, but I have people watching me like my children and my friends and my family that are expecting me to to try, to at least try, if nothing else. I have people looking up to me that if I can do everything that I need to and I do succeed, they're going to see someone who was inspired to do everything that they can. So the last thing is imposter syndrome. And there's way too many phrases that you can come up with. But I think the biggest one for me, anytime that I have felt imposter syndrome, is that I'm not qualified. As opposed to, you know, the first thought, which is I look funny of the way that other people are looking at you. This is more of a deep-rooted feeling of your self-worth of your inability to feel confident in a position because maybe you don't feel like you're educated enough. Maybe you don't feel like you have enough experience. Maybe you don't feel like you have the number of people following you that you would need in order to be a leader. Maybe you had kids after thinking that you never wanted them and so you don't feel qualified because you didn't prepare like someone who's been wanting kids their whole life. I don't know. What is it that you don't feel qualified to do? And how can you shift your mindset on that? Because as long as you're trying, as long as you're trying to learn and cultivate relationships, as long as you're trying to better yourself and you take lessons from the failures and the mistakes that you do have, you are qualified simply for the fact that you are there. They say that when a job opening comes up, you know, some people will apply only if they are 100% qualified and some people will apply even if they're only 60% qualified. 
qualified being you fit the quote unquote qualifications that this company or this job have in order for you to fit this position. But it's becoming more common for companies to say, we will train the right person because it's no longer about your degree or your experience or your skill set. Because what can't be taught most of the time is your attitude and your willingness to try new things. Again, it comes back to that courage and your ability to lead with confidence, not in an aggressive air of confidence, a quote unquote confidence where you are showing up even if you don't feel good, but you show up and lead with confidence in the sense that you know that no matter the situation that you come into, you have the tools, you have the mindset tricks that you need in order to shift the way that you're thinking, in order to shift other people's perspectives of the way that you're thinking. So to be qualified no longer necessarily means you have to have these exact qualifications. To be qualified a lot of the time just means that you're willing to try. So instead of saying, I'm not qualified, say, I, I'm worthy of being here. I have the right attitude and I'm willing to do what it takes. Again, it all comes back to your willingness to say these things to yourself. Ryan and I talk so much about self-awareness. And it's funny because in my foundation of self, the third tier, the overarching tier of your social intelligence, your emotional intelligence, your trust with yourself and with others, it all comes back to this one overarching theme, which is your self-awareness. If you start to feel yourself going down a path that you don't like, It's about making sure you change directions before it's too late or it gets too hard. It's about asking for help when you need it as opposed to feeling like you should be able to do it all yourself. No one is expecting you to do it by yourself. Why You wouldn't want to. So Ryan and I also talk a lot about personality styles. He is um, a Clifton Strengths coach, and I am a disc coach. Um, I love Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies quiz. There's the Working Genius. There's um, the Enneagram and Myers Briggs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which one you use. And everyone is going to be different. Everyone is going to have their own personality. So it's not even just the concept of figuring out who you are, but becoming really confident. That even if some of the attributes that are deeply ingrained with you don't feel like the ones that you want, your self-awareness, your personal development, your ability to learn from your mistakes and the lessons that you are taught, whether it be by your four-year-old, which I'm getting taught lessons by my four-year-old all the time, or the 98-year-old grandpa that just said something that blew your mind. Be willing to listen to people outside of the realm of the the typical teachers. Be willing to take in all of the different situational things that are happening around you so that maybe you're going to learn from something. Maybe you'll be able to avoid a detrimental mistake, even though all of them are learning opportunities. But ultimately, you're going to get to say, I am qualified because I showed up. I'm willing to try. I am confident in my personality style. I'm confident in my ability to meet other people where they're at. That's that social intelligence. I'm able to change the thoughts that I'm thinking, the repetitive thoughts in my head that are maybe holding me back in order to move forward. 
So I am going to introduce Ryan. I know I gave a lot of teasers, but this conversation was great. He is also a coach. He owns XL Coaching Company, and he is an Army veteran with leadership experience in for-profit, nonprofit, and entrepreneurial experiences. His focus is helping leaders, teams, and organizations know and love their strengths and flourish in them. He finished his PhD in industrial and organizational psychology in 2021, and he wrote his dissertation on authentic leadership and employee psychological capital and performance in a virtual work environment. So we also touch a little bit on that remote work, not necessarily just in the times of COVID, but in general, how can you be successful? How can you be part of a team? How can you help grow company culture when you are working from home? By yourself. We have some kind of fun tips and tricks, um, things that might help you to feel a little bit more engaged. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Ryan. But before I do, I want to say if you are willing to follow along on this podcast, hit the follow button. It would mean so much to me. It really does help new people to find this podcast when you share it and recommend it, when you leave a review. All of those things are so helpful to me and I appreciate it so much more than you could even know. But if you, if all you want to do is listen to Ryan and I talk about all of these amazing things, that works too. You can take what you want, leave what you don't because we are here to learn and grow together. So here's Ryan. Are you signed up for my newsletter yet? If not, I want to tell you all about why you need to get signed up for this weekly newsletter. It's not one of those that you're going to need to save for later to read. It's something you could skim in less than a minute, but I promise you the benefits of checking in are going to be well worth your time. I tell a one minute story. I give you the book recommendation for what I'm reading that week, as well as a product that has changed my business and or my life. And I want to always give you an opportunity to check into the newest episode of the podcast. So if that's something that you want to be a part of, I want you to go to my website, DesireePetrick.com slash newsletter and get signed up. I promise you, you won't want to miss it. So that's DesireePetrick.com slash newsletter. Okay, Ryan, I am super excited to talk to you. Very first thing I want to hear is if you only had three minutes to get someone's attention, to give them the lesson that you wanted them to learn, what would be your overarching message? You really need to be true to yourself, understand your convictions and don't, um, let anybody change that. Essentially the definition of authenticity. Yep. Yeah. So you did your dissertation on authentic leadership, which is a phrase that I use a lot. I think I've named like five podcast episodes, something with the word authentic in it. Understanding that it can have a lot of different meanings in a lot of different places and scenarios. So what does it mean to you? What was your dissertation on? Yeah, so it was on authentic leadership, employee, psychological capital, and performance in a virtual work environment. Wow. I had to think about that, what it was about. <laughs> um, it's funny how you just, you dive into it so much. And then as soon as you're done, you're like, oh, I don't want to talk about this ever. Or like, you don't want to, you don't want anything to do with it again. Um, and yet it was the first no, question but, I asked you. Sweet. <laughs> no, so, um, I love it. It's it's a really interesting um, leadership concept, but yeah. So authentic leadership really comes down to um, not only knowing yourself and your true self, but you you know others, you you know them, um, and you have like an internal uh, a balanced internal process 
of information and you're fostering positive self-development in yourself and others um, is an idea or is basically the biggest idea and concepts of authentic leadership. How do you do that for someone who feels like, you know, maybe they don't know how to get started. They feel like they don't have even a level of understanding of what that looks like for them. Obviously no one starts at zero. Everyone has some level of understanding of who they are, but if someone Mm -hmm. feels like they're starting from scratch, how do you start to build on that so that you can truly feel authentic? Yeah. So at least for me, um, you know, and, and I will say not everybody is like, quote unquote, going to be like an authentic leadership, authentic leader by definition, um, by authentic, by the academic definition. Um, but it is really important to understand yourself. Um, one of the th- ways that really helped me is when I dug deeper into my Clifton Strengths Finder um, assessment was coached through that and actually like eyes opened on the um, you know, that I had value, that I did bring things to the table, um, that were uniquely me. Um, and so the more that I understood that and understood who I wasn't, that was also really big and affirming. Um, so starting, starting, if you're starting from scratch, sometimes an assessment is uh, a great place to at least begin to put words, um, to it and then developing from there and, um, so I would say from from there, I was able to put words um, into what I felt etern- uh, internally. Um, and then just started just, you know, self-development um, through like leadership books, um, training opportunities to um, help coach people as I was being coached, um, step out and new, try new things. Those were ways that I uh, was part of my journey. Um, but one of the, I love this quote by, um, um, Ad, I think his name is Adelie Stevenson, um, junior. He was a governor of Illinois and like an ambassador to the United Nations back in the six fifties and sixties. Um, but I love the quote and he says, uh, it's hard to leave a Calvary charge if you think you look funny on a horse. Um, so kind of just that being comfortable in your own skin um is is how i really feel about authentic leadership and part of that is self-awareness it's the idea of saying i don't feel comfortable riding this horse in front of everyone Mm -hmm. i feel like i look silly so the first step being you have to be able to catch those thoughts as they're going through your head but the second piece of it is kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall saying like i'm gonna try these different things and see what feels authentically me to begin to mm-hmm. learn what that looks like. But what are some signs, what are some of those thoughts that might be going through your head that make you believe maybe you're not leading in that authentic way like you're wanting to? What are some of those things that you could catch yourself thinking to say, okay, I think I need to start putting a little bit more intentional action towards this goal? Yeah, you know, uh, personally, the things that I struggle the most with is imposter syndrome. Um, for those that may not know, but I'm sure that, um, many do just that idea of being qualified, um, to do whatever, but then feeling just unqualified, you know, like I should 
be the person, you know, take the back seat to somebody. Um, and then from, for me, that's the, that's the, that's the hang up is like, man, I, I shouldn't do any of this. Like I shouldn't, I should just be, um, you know, just taking a back seat. So it's that initial first step for me is when those thoughts come in, realizing that I have had success um, in leadership roles. I've also had some really big failures and mistakes, um, but it's learning from those, being able to take back and be like, okay, like I've had success. What did I learn from those situations? I've had big failures. Like, what did I learn? What do I not, what led to that mistake or that failure? Um, and then try to um, kind of reverse engineer it um, and learn from that to where I'm not making those same mistakes again in leadership roles or even just on my day-to-day. -day. Yeah, again, it comes all the way back to self-awareness of mm -hmm. what you learned and how you can use it the next time. I'm really, this keeps popping out at me, but you did your dissertation on the virtual world. Is that yeah. like the fact that we're all on social media 24 seven? Is that the individual who's working from home virtually? What specifically in the virtual world were you working in? Yeah. So, um, if I, if I could have changed anything, I probably would have just said, uh, remote workers. Mm. Um, yeah, so when I was um, when I was beginning to so before I started working on it, when I was just doing my coursework and I had to think about it, a lot of my clients are um, remote across the country, and so you always have to have participants um, to for your study. And I was like, oh man, they would definitely help me out, and then. As I started writing my dissertation, the COVID shutdown started happening. Um, so I had a lot of people to talk to and I had a lot of a uh, lot of data. So some of it was um ease of ensuring I got done with my dissertation timely. And then some of it just being like, that's that's the world I those are the people I work with. And what was the make or break it for these? remote workers. I mean, COVID was, you know, a whole different story. It was a whole in and of yeah. itself, like there's a story there, but just in general, the remote workers, how are you adding to company culture when you're working from home? How are you building relationships with team members when you're working from home? How do you grow in that psychological capital when you're working from home? Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the continued challenge. Um, because some people are like, I don't need to meet my teammates. Like I just log on to my computer and just work. And some people are like, I need um I need community. So, you know, somehow not everybody kind of needs an aspect of community, but there's people that are that need that water cooler talk. Um uh I, I think there's different strategies. Um like I, I, you know, I had clients and stuff where they all hated expense reports, um, except for one person on the team. So they would just meet up on Zoom and do their expense reports and hang out. Um, and they always look forward to that. And they did have budgets to where uh, quarterly they'd fly together, um, fly somewhere in the country and they, you know, do in-person team meetings and uh, kind of have a weekend together. So they all look forward to that. 
Um, but it, yeah, if they just don't have budgets, there's other kind of ways for that community. And in regards to like growing your psychological capital, like what you're bringing to the team, um, of course, companies can have HR programs, um, initiatives, or um, you know that, that can help facilitate that. But on an individual level, and maybe even team level, um, you know, like you could you could do a quarterly book club or something like that. I've seen um, to where you're having some sort of community and still growing together. Yeah, when I first started exercising really hard and wanting to make it routine, something that I wasn't going to miss. We would, we, as in this group that I was in, we would get on zoom at five 30 in the morning. We'd turn off our camera. We'd turn off our microphone. And just the fact that we knew someone mm -hmm. else was like on the, on the camera, on the phone, uh, it was enough. It felt like enough to get that thing done as opposed to having no accountability, no one being there. Um, so I'm a high I personality on the disc scale, which means I want to talk to people. I want to <laughs> do all the water cooler talk. So I do think it has a lot to do with your personality. And like you mm -hmm. said, your Clifton strengths, what are your, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And really coming back again to that self-awareness of knowing who you are, but. Yeah. There's something about when you just, yeah, I like what you said. Like, even if you just turned off your camera and microphone, it's just that that's something about, you know, seeing your you know other people's names up there where it's like oh man like yeah we're all we're all here we or we at least all woke up at 5 30 to turn on our zoom <laughs> yeah well and even in college we would have quote-unquote homework parties and so we mm -hmm. would all sit in the same room in silence no one was allowed to talk and we'd all work on our homework but we were still together but again mm -hmm. it comes down to that might stress some people out you know, you just have totally. to know yourself well enough to know what it is that you need to succeed. And then you need to have the confidence to be able to ask for it specifically in a work environment. Yeah. And that's actually also a sign of um, maturity in other ways. When you can name what you want and what you need, and I should say mostly what you need and to be able to communicate it effectively to someone like, I, I need this because of X, Y, Z. Um, it's actually a really great sign of growth and awareness. And it takes time. It does. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, it takes courage too. um, thinking about like those old guard, we were talking about old guard, um, you know, companies or cultures. And it's hard to do that when it's so established, like, what are these people going to, am I going to, what kind of blowback am I going to get back yet? Or what what's the conversation going to be like? Is it even going to be positive? Or are they even going to care? Um, unfortunately, in a lot of my situations, I've dealt with old guard who didn't care. But there's something to be said about asking, and even if totally. you get a no, you mm -hmm. get to say, "I did everything I I could. I'm not just leaving this job to leave. I'm not whining and crying that I didn't get my way without actually asking." I decided what I needed. I asked for it. I was told no. And whether you were given a good reason or not, you, yeah. you can officially say that you, you did everything in your power to make that happen, to give you the best environment that you needed to succeed. Um, in totally. which case your decision going forward can be as informed as you could have made it. Yeah. And it's a no, if you don't ask anyways, 
Well, exactly. Yeah. You got a 50, 50 shot. Right. It's a hundred percent. No, if you don't ask 50, 50, if you do. Yeah. So another thought then, if you had to say, here are the two, three, five, whatever number you come up with ways to grow in your, your personal growth. Here's the three suggestions that you need to start working on to take responsibility for your own life, your own happiness. What would those things be? What are the first three steps to start to give people that confidence? Yeah. So if, um, if you're lacking words to, um, put to, you know, to put to how you're feeling, um, or you're just trying to figure out there's great tools like Clifton Strengths or DISC or Myers-Briggs. Those can help begin um, to put words to it. So take one of those, reach out to a coach. Um, and Desiree, I think you're a DISC coach. Yeah. Yep. So if you uh, are interested in DISC, make sure you talk to Desiree. If you're interested in Clifton <laughs> Strengths, uh, talk to plug. me. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but but I, I personally really like, I, um, I love, I love assessments for one because it's just neat. Um, so the first thing is be able to put words, um, to how you're feeling, to what you feel innately, but you may not be able to communicate. Mm -hmm. Um, second thing, um, is, is find something of interest to you, um, in regards to once you are able to put words into um to those feelings and um situations find something find a book find a podcast um that speaks to that uh and really just and dive into it um get to know it um third is once you've kind of done those things um think and brainstorm about stuff that kind of freaks you out that you can do um and and just like go do it um and and there's there's no failure in that so it's only success so step out i think those would be my my three things i love that you either succeed or you learn which yeah. both of those can be deemed a positive so that's great i love yeah. all three of those personality yeah. assessments i always go back to in my very first management position, I was a very, what I would say, aggressive kind of dictator type style. Mm. And that felt so wrong. And I couldn't figure out why I was feeling that way or why I was leading that way. And then I took a disc assessment and it was like, this is my personality, but it doesn't have to be a given. Like just because it's your, your personality, you can kind of see why those are your natural tendencies, but that doesn't mean you don't have the ability to grow by learning some of those emotional and social cues to totally. kind of lead in a different direction if that's what the company you're with or the culture that you're in needs in order to succeed. You have that power. Yeah, exactly. So when I when I'm um coaching through strength uh Clifton Strengths with someone um and we are we're looking at one of their talent themes. Um I like to say it's either like raw or refined. Um either you're kind of immature where it's all about you and that's okay. That's okay. That's an awareness thing. <laughs> um, but we want to grow to be refined to where it's really, uh, it's a, we aspect. Um, yeah. So kind of just like what you were saying sometimes, like, yeah, maybe it's just, once you get that awareness, let's grow. 
sorry, I'm taking a note. I love that. Are you refined is in the mm. me sense or, or excuse me, are you raw in the me sense or refined in the we sense? I love that. Yeah. Okay. So good. Um, so what is the book? We've talked about personal development. We've talked about all of the, the different ways that we can grow in that personal development space, but what is the book or the two books that you recommend to anyone who is wanting to grow in that personal development and that self-awareness? Yeah. Well, so I thought of two books, um, okay. just through the conversation. Um, John Maxwell has a, I'm going to think of like, can I think of like three or five books, 10 books? No, I'm just, I'm going to think of, I'm going to, I'm going to say three books. Okay. So we had talked about the step three in, in the growth of just go to it. He has a great book called Failing Forward. John Maxwell does. Um, uh, and man, that was a year. That was way too long ago since I read that one. Um, but I still have it. Actually, I can see it in the corner of my bookcase. Um, but uh, yeah, so Failing Forward. Um, uh, you're just you're just kind of what it says. You're going to uh, <laughs> fail and, and grow. So um so everything's kind of a learning opportunity. Um, second one, this was a really neat, neat book. I actually, um, I read this when I had knee surgery and it just years ago, or no, I had foot surgery, sorry. Um, not that it would have mattered. I could have said knee and everyone would have been fine. Um, but the 15 um, an Invaluable Laws of Growth, um, I believe is the name of it. Um, are you just, an actual coach or are you just plugging him? Uh, I am. Yeah, I am too. I didn't know that about right you. On. I knew that there were some similarities there. So, <laughs> um, but no, that one, that one actually was really, I've, I wanted to go back to it. I struggle with reading books twice, um, just because there's just always so much out there, but this is one I would definitely read again. It's the 15 invaluable laws of growth really changed, um, how I, how I thought about like myself and like my career um and really um I've never actually it's funny I never had a desk job since I read that book because I realized I just don't do good with desk jobs but anyways mm. um but but just so much great content I would almost read that one first and then read failing forward um but that so this one I I dug out as I'm starting to um uh we had kind of talked about it on LinkedIn for a, a split second um, that we're writing books, but I'm in kind of a research vision uh, phase of mine, but not that people will see this, but um, uh, Authentic Leadership Rediscovery and the Secrets to Creating Lasting Value by Bill George. Um, Bill George, he was a CEO and chairman of a large medical sales device company, and uh, he really started to introduce this concept of authentic leadership into the workplace and um I think those three books would be just great for anybody to start reading today. Easy to get, probably go to Barnes and Noble or, or wherever today and start reading them. Yeah. I think 15 laws of growth was one of the very first personal development books that I read when I started reading and now I read 60 a year. So, you know, it's, I could probably read it again and then practically be brand new, but um, totally. there's just something so digestible about that specific book where you can read one chapter a week, a month, whatever, and you're still going to learn something. Because once you put that verbiage and those thoughts into your head, they start to pop up, whether it's 
intentional or not, whether you're like actively thinking about growing or not, once you've read the words and started to think about them, they're going to continue to show up. Mm -hmm. So last thing, what does it mean to you to lead with confidence? Yeah. So leading with confidence, um, kind of going, maybe going back to that quote I shared earlier about, uh, it's hard to leave a Calvary charge if you, if you think you've looked funny on a horse, um, just being that, that confidence of you're on that horse for a reason, like you're in front for a reason. Um, and and like, and, and just being confident that, that that's like, kind of like your time and place. Um, and so, so leading with confidence is just, and step, step out there. There's people that are behind you and supporting you. Um, and so yeah, go for it. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is we feel like so many people are looking at us, judging us, but really most people are just looking at themselves, you know? Yeah. And so even if you feel like you look funny, own it, like totally, just, just do it. You're great. So thank you so much. I want to know where can we learn more about you? If someone is interested in the Clifton strengths, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, it's pretty easy. So you can go to xlcoaching.net. Um, and then on there you can, um, on the appointments or contacts tab. I, I don't remember, but you can just go in there, um, book a 30 minute zoom or phone call with me. Um, and, and yeah, that's about the easiest way. Perfect. Sounds great. And I'm going to link all the books that you recommended. I'm going to link your LinkedIn, um, nice link. Wow. Okay. Um, so we'll do all that and make sure that everyone can find you if they want to, but thank you for this conversation. I, I think I talk about authentic leadership all the time. Like I said, it's the title of five of my 14 podcast episodes so far. So I do think that <laughs> nice. it is, yeah. um, it's a huge topic that needs to be discussed. And I will say, mm -hmm. if you feel triggered by the concept of vulnerability, transparency, authentic leadership, it's probably your cue that you need to dig into it a little bit more. You probably need yeah. to start diving into the topic a little bit more. So thank Absolutely. you so much. Ryan for coming on and joining me for this. And like I said, I will link everything in the show notes so everyone knows where to find you. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Desiree. I want to thank you for joining me as we grow together and learn to lead with confidence. Do you know someone who would benefit from hearing today's message? I would love if you would share it with them and share to your Instagram stories. Tag me at Desiree Petrick and send me a message if there's a topic you want to have covered. You can also send me an email at leadwithconfidencepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, see you on the next episode of Lead with Confidence.